0: It's all bets are off Friday on the Real Kipper and Bourne show. (laughs) Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Derek Brandeo on tech, and the brains behind the whole operation, Sammy Sammy McKee. What's up, boys? How are you? We good? Everybody's sun came up. You know, Edmonton yeah. Oilers fans are wondering, Leaf fans are, are wondering as they head to Long Island to take on the Islanders tomorrow night on Hockey Night in Canada. Yeah. Still goes, right? The, the league's still on. Correct? <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, Sammy, you sent us the great uh, tweet from, uh, was it the Beaverton? That was uh, Edmonton expecting 10 centimeters of Oilers jerseys tonight. Something to that effect? <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> Expected to get hit with 10 centimeters of Oilers jerseys tonight. Well, so uh, it's great. you know, I kind of
0: teed it up where <laughs> on Fridays, things can unravel quickly on our shows. They, they usually do. Um, <laughs> so I, I won't lead with the Leafs. I won't lead with the uh, Edmonton Oilers. I want to lead oh, no. with Tori Yorgi.
1: Oh boy, what?
0: <laughs> Tori Yorgi, to me is the biggest story out there because I'm watching Tom Wilson last night lay a massive hit on Antoine Bleef. I think is that is that right? Lead, Did yeah. you guys see that hit? Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Okay. That hit was nothing compared to the hit Tori Yorgi took. Did you guys watch the internet What last are night? you
2: talking about? I Tori know what you're Yorgi. talking about, Kipper. How oh, come
0: Sammy... How come Sammy knows what I'm talking about and you don't have a clue? I, are we UFC? What are we even talking
1: about? We are Get talking. Ready,
0: of, we are talking <laughs> about a broadcaster doing the news on a water main uh, uh, break, and she got hit by a car. I saw this
1: link and I didn't click it. I'm now so full of regret.
0: Oh! I did see the link. Go, 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 go. Fortunately, go. in freeze thaw, we see this
3: water main breaks.
2: Oh. Hit by a car, but I'm okay. I just got hit by a car, but I'm well, okay, Tim. That's um, I'm okay. TV, Jory. We're all good. Tim I know is I'm unfazed. i okay. Yeah,
1: you know, that's live TV for you. It's all good. I actually got hit by a car in college, too, just like that. Wow. <laughs> I love the college edition. If you get hit by multiple cars, are you on the hook? Oh,
2: wow.
0: <laughs> I don't wow. even know her, I've never met her. I love her.
2: I, I put in a call, tried to get her kipper. She's a hot commodity her at the down, moment. Track I tried her down. I tried. I put in a couple I'm, calls, couldn't track her down. I'm watching guys
0: get run over by Tom Wilson. They can't get up. <laughs> she gets run over by a, a car and she the first thing on her mind is to calm everyone else down. Oh,
1: she really got hit too.
2: Oh, she got oh. skull. Oh my God.
1: Hit by a car but i okay i just got- what was that person
2: doing
0: well we assume oh, it's icy God. out there and i i, I don't know <laughs> it's maybe it's not may icy make. maybe it's just a bad driver but That's she was ugly. very was forgiving stellar. to the driver <laughs> very <was>. forgiving <laughs> and the whole uh. the whole the whole time i'm watching this and i'm playing it over and over again i'm like she's not soft no, trooper. <laughs> you know, you know who's soft? Tom. Tom,
1: her co-host, is not. He's Tom should be angry on her behalf or something. It
0: would. It's actually Tim. 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 Tim's the Tim. oh. <laughs> worst Tim. teammate ever.
1: Yeah, he's just like, well, yeah, that does happen on live TV. No, it doesn't, Tim. You don't get hit by a car on live TV. It's not a weather what? situation.
0: Well, that's a first What's for you, Tori. You got hit by a car. <laughs> like, <laughs> What an What's
2: idiot that guy was! <laughs> getting getting caught with your head down over the middle by Tom Wilson, or getting hit by a car on live TV. What you would prefer?
0: Okay. All, all I'm thinking, Tori, <laughs> oh. is like you redefined. <laughs> you redefined taking a hit to make a play.
1: Now, I will remind you guys that about a decade ago, maybe a little more, Brendan Witt got hit by an Escalade walking around uh, New York and showed up and played that night. Like, got proper
2: hit by an Escalade. Yeah, I remember that. And Truth was that. still
1: played. So, uh, you know, shout out to him, the you know, people who survived getting smashed by a car. Well,
0: anyways, like I said, I, I it's Friday. We can easily derail. Uh, that that's the start of of mine. But I, I'm incredible. watching her, and to actually finish the segment to me uh, speaks volume on a week when a lot of a lot of people have been accused of being way too soft this soft week. Soft
2: and purposeless. She is not.
0: No she has a purpose. She, she finished her segment. That was. All the purpose we needed this week. Where
1: was the concussion spotter? Tim should have told her to take the rest <laughs> off. What are these people
0: doing? Who's with her? Too? She actually picked up her own camera, by the way, you know, oh and reset God. it up.
1: <laughs> Underfunded, um, poor teammates, Tori. We got to get her to sports. Uh,
0: and I think that was her last day on that particular uh, channel or, or show whatever she was on. Well, she definitely
2: is now. <laughs> she's, yes.
0: she's on her way to Pittsburgh, so we're going to have to get Berkey to sign her maybe <laughs> for, for the back half, you know? Uh, uh, or good maybe good Sheldon job. would want her in the lineup Saturday night. You're not done uh, with this Sheldon Keefe stuff, are you? Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not because uh, it's it's a... It's to me. It's still a rarity where uh, your your own coach calls you out uh, as being exposed for being soft. And mm-hmm. I'm just wondering, in, in your opinion, now, where does that leave the the 20 guys in the room feeling after that comment? Like like for me, I always considered myself a pretty uh, emotional guy, and, and one that would not take those words lightly. I'm certainly happy that they were blanketed over the course of 20 guys in the room and Mm -hmm. and not me in particular as an individual. But what do you expect off a response from that? Uh, Is it something that you think will get blown blown off in 28 or 48 hours? Or do you expect
2: the Leafs to carry
0: that into the island?
2: Well, we do have a little update. Uh, Morgan Riley was asked after practice in New York today, uh, about those comments, and he said this. I don't think he's wrong. I think as a group we have to be more in the D zone. We have to protect our goalie and our net front a bit more. So, uh, you know, he's playing the diplomatic card on the surface here saying that, but just a quick response into what he was asked about. So I'll let you get in there now, Borny.
1: Well, you know, I think it depends, uh, Sammy and, and Kipper, just how many guys in the dressing room do you think heard Sheldon's comments and, and thought, ah, that's me? That's me. Like, I know how it is mm. to hear your coach tear apart the whole team and you know exactly who he's talking to. Like, if you're Lilligren or maybe even Sandine, you're probably thinking that's me because I know people are talking about me and I got Kreidered and Reeves and you're, you're thinking that's me. Travis Dermott, probably thinking the same. Fourth line guys, probably thinking the same. I bet you it's, a I don't know, seven, eight guys that think they're being talked to. Riley doesn't think he's talking to him. Right? Nor does Matthews or Marner. None of those guys. So I I guess, you know, I expect to see a response from the depth players heading into Long Island.
0: Well, yeah, I I buy that, JB, because there are the skilled guys. And if you're talking about getting into people's faces and and pushing back, well, that's not Nylander. We know how Nylander is going to beat you, it's going to be all skill. It's going to be out skating. It's going to be a breakaway, whatever the case is. He's in that. I would assume Matthews is feeling like no one expects me to run anybody over. Right. Tavares is the same thing. Marner is the same thing. So, to, you know, I guess
1: and- Tavares can give us a little more, though, of those guys physically.
0: Not a chance. It, I just need getting
1: he, after Puck's Kipper. Like he's,
0: you, uh... you. You have squeezed everything you can possibly get out of Tavares. I don't think he's got another uh, drop to piss. To be honest with you, I don't. <laughs> I, I think yeah. I think he's giving everything he's capable of giving, and I don't think that there's going to be one more ounce that pushes harder or runs anybody over.
1: Right. Yeah, I guess I think of him when he's playing really well to me, he's, you know, under guy sticks, uh, you know, and winning puck battles and like coming up with loose pucks and creating offense out of like turnovers in the, in the ozone. But, you know, it could just be that it's not quite there. You're right. I don't think it's an effort thing per se, but I do think when you're talking physically, physicality and soft, like no, no one's talking to the other guys you just mentioned. I, I would agree there.
0: and. He has not looked good in the last few games, and, and landers struggled a, a little bit here. But I'm just wondering now, you know, in all honesty, and I'll, I'll ask you, Sammy, the same question as I'm, I'm going to ask JB. It, you know, is it fair to see the way they've tried to build this organization and then all of a sudden call them out for being too soft when you've mm. really built the last mm. four years on skill, 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 skill? Uh, five foot nine or six one, we don't care as long as he's skilled. Yeah. And now four years later, you're turning around and saying you guys are too soft and not pushing hard enough and not gritty enough. And <laughs> you know, this to me shifts the onus off of Morgan Riley and his teammates. And you know, maybe it's Sheldon going back to Kyle and and Brendan and saying, "This is your roster." This is this is the one you built the last 4 years and I'm telling you they've been exposed for being too soft. So tell me now going into the island was that more for the players or maybe for his management team? Well, it's a good
1: point. Yeah, I mean <laughs> you, you can't order like a grape snow cone and, and then be mad at when it's grape. Like this is the team they ordered, right? This is this is what they put together.
3: This is how we um, played soft.
1: I was just going to say that Sheldon gets a lot of pressure from Dubas behind the scenes. Like, Dubas is around. You know, he's in the coach's office, you know, every day in the minors. I don't know if he is still, but, you know, and, and leans on him. You know, I, the old, I don't care what you do, it just has to work sort of uh, mentality. And I do think that this is a little bit of, of petty squabbling between the two of them and him, him saying, the team is soft. I'm coaching them up here, but the team is soft. So I, I do think that there's some internal pressure there.
2: Yeah, Man, I know. I feel a similar way. Oh, go ahead. No, you go. You go. That's <laughs> not <sighs> okay, studio stuff, hey go. Sammy. You're going crazy. Oh, I love it. I just love it sitting in my bedroom here with my dog staring at me. It's my favorite I... way to do a radio show. I've just, I, I think what you said there, Kipper, is a great point and one that I wouldn't necessarily have thought of. But you, if you build the team a certain way you They're going to sort of play the way they're built to play. And that's kind of what's happening at the moment. But I will give Dubas credit, like I said yesterday, about bringing in different types of guys. Like he's changed the philosophy of the bottom six on this team multiple times over his tenure. He's yeah. gone from a speedy bottom six to a veteran bottom six to a heavy bottom six. Like he's tried different things here. And I think what the argument is is it comes down to the big 4 guys performing when it matters most and i think that's always been the thing and it's always when they play well they win when they play badly they lose that's kind of what it comes down to here but yeah it's i, I think what you said there is a good point kip
0: i i want to pick up on what you just said because i know what you're 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 seeing from 20,000 feet above the clouds here and that is a clifford a simmons And I like them, and I think for the most part they've done a good job. Simmons, I I like him a lot more this year than I did last year. I see him uh, accepting a a role now more now than I did 12 months ago. And, yeah, he wasn't very good, and Clifford wasn't. And I I think they missed an opportunity Wednesday night to probably challenge uh, a Reeves or at least – some of their players for some major pushback. But as someone that's been in that role before, it's not the easiest thing to do. And there are some nights when those type of guys, and I include me when I played, just looked like like you you weren't interested or you were just not there for your team. But you got to remember that these guys... Are in the ballpark of anywhere some nights between five and seven minutes. So you've got a limited amount of time to go out there and, and change a momentum or, or uh, gain some energy. And if it there's just going to be some nights when it's just not there. And that was the case for I think Simmons especially. I just don't know if that is enough for for it to truly matter. And that's when you start, Sammy, you get off your, t- your bottom six and you start looking at your top six for, for more of that push. And if four of your $40 million players don't necessarily have that ability like others have in the past to win championships, i.e., you know, Sid. Ie Ovechkin, Ie Ryan O'Reilly, where these these guys can, they're they're top players, but they can they can get their nastiness going. Then, then you got to start wondering. It is what it is. Here, we're just we are hoping and praying that we can outskill you to win a Stanley Cup.
1: Well, they've won a number of playoff games over the past few years, just one short. Far too many times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 15 years. Sorry, I should say uh, more than one, but one in the first round. All, all right.
0: right high
2: school last time they won it. So let's won
0: bring it in Luke Fox, NHL uh, Leaf writer for Sportsnet.ca and uh, heading into the island. First of all, Luke, just your overall thoughts of uh, of a coach challenging uh, his players uh, for being too soft and, and, and where that leaves them going into the island.
4: Yeah, um, my eyes nearly popped out of my head when I was watching that post-game Zoom because that word, soft in particular, uh, really strikes a chord with Leaf fans and observers of the Leafs. It's what opponents of the Leafs have kind of muttered uh, behind the scenes for the last, I don't know, half decade or so. And it's always been the knock on this team. But for Sheldon Keefe to say that word out loud, um, and I think it was a result of building frustration of you know multiple blown leads, of losing to the Arizona Coyotes, one of the worst teams in the league, and of having that one in their grasp and then just folding in the last two periods. But for him to say that word out loud, I, I think it really triggered something in Leaf fans. Because a lot of people would point to that as a factor in in why they haven't been able to get over that hump and win around to the playoffs. Um, now I was just on uh, the Zoom with um, Morgan Riley and John Tavares. Morgan said he didn't even hear that that they pay no mind to the the post game comments the coach coach makes. Um, but he said, you know what? When it was relayed to him, he said he's not wrong. He says we do have to be. Harder in front of our net. We have to be better in our own zone. And John Tavares kind of said, you know, like we know. He doesn't have to. He doesn't have to say it for us to know. We know we have to be better after a game like that. Mm-hmm. I, I just think it's interesting that he floated that out into the public.
1: Yeah. Well, at some point, times I get the impression he can't even help himself. It's just like he's, <laughs> you know, he 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 almost can't help himself from saying the truth. One of those truths, though, is. The defensive numbers of the uh, Tavares, Nylander, Kerfoot line are actually not good. It's one of the the few things that that isn't great with the the big four guys. Um, and, and there are some question marks, at least with myself, about is Kerfoot going to be there all the way through? Are we sure that this guy's your top six winger on a line with Tavares and Nylander? Could you see anything changing there? Do you see anything in his game that makes you worried about his ability to stick with those guys all the way through playoffs?
4: Uh, No, I mean, I think, you know, it it could change next week. Um, That's how they practiced again today. Uh, And it was notable. um, You know, I'm not on the road with the team right now, but I, I did see another reporter point out that, Keith pulled those three guys in particular aside and had a chat with that line after practice. And Tavares said, you know, these are just some things that, that happen over the course of a season from time to time, you know, kind of a reminder of something we've talked about or, or some encouragement. So it seems like he's going to stick with that line uh, on Long Island tomorrow. But no, I, I don't think Kerfoot has cemented his place in there by any means. I, I do think he's having a, a nice bounce-back season, but I think the way Ilya Mikheyev's played on the third line, I, I think he's definitely a contender to jump into the top six, and Andre Cascio, you know, when he gets his legs back, um, coming back from COVID, uh, he, again, he he wasn't at practice today, but um, you would expect him to, to join the team next week. I think he's a contender, too, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I, I think you should have internal competition. I think there should be guys nipping at, at your heels and wanting that spot in the top six if the line's slipping uh, a little bit. And I also think it could be a, like a, a wake-up call for, for Willie and John to say, hey, you know, this isn't working. And if something's not working, we're going to adapt. I, I think that's part of the coach's job.
0: See, Kerfoot, for me, was always a third-liner that could see spot duty under different circumstances, injuries, suspensions, slide into a top six and, and hold his own temporarily you know, for a week. But as a permanent guy, this is uh, a bit of an issue here. And what you guys are speaking of is now auditions. (laughs) We're taking auditions on a top six uh, open wing position, which, you know, you factor in you're coming off a soft game. I I would think that this opens up another opportunity for a revisit with Richie, Nick Richie. Coming oh, off the taxi really? squad, yeah. Oh, like when you consider that you're, you've accused your team of being exposed for being soft. How do you not go to a guy who's two thirty six two, on another, on a, on another try, another crack at the
4: lineup? Well, I just think the the hesitancy there, Kipper, would be the fact that Richie's uh, just coming off COVID and hasn't played and hasn't got in some high-paced practices with the team and is kind of trying to still get up to speed. So I, yeah, I don't no, know. No,
0: I'm just speaking in general here yeah. for, for, for the next you know week or so or, or just kind of – there doesn't appear, Luke, to be any type of move or trade that's going to change anything significant up front and – nor should that be the focus. We know it's on the blue line, but you got to think right now. Uh, it is what it is. Uh, within the next week or two, you got to assume that after you've accused your team of being too soft, there
4: might be a chance to, for for a revisit with with Nick Ritchie. Yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying. I just I just don't know if you're rewarding the wrong guy because I, I don't know if Ritchie has has done enough to demand that that spot or. or Deserve a look in the top six right now. I'm not saying he can't be that guy later. I just think if you're gonna do that, maybe it maybe it's McCabe. And I know he's he's certainly not the physical type, but he is fast and he is very motivated. I mean, he seems very energized heading into this contract year and uh, very refreshed after being a, a late starter this season with the injury. I, I just I just wonder if it sends the wrong message to give more ice time to a guy who's you know basically. Deserving of bottom six or or even being the thirteenth guy
1: yeah and and looking at those guys on the the fringes here, Travis Dermott to me has been like a major issue, you know, Lillygri yeah. and Sandine got a lot of attention attention last game because they were in bigger bigger opportunity and they they weren't able to handle it, but like this is supposed to be Dermott. I mean, in the last two playoff runs, when Muzzin got hurt, Dermott took his spot in the second pair, and we know he struggled, right? He handed Montreal the one in OT, uh, and it hasn't come for this guy. Like, do you, at what point do they just cut bait?
4: Well, I, I don't think there's any guarantee that he's on the team next fall. I mean, he signed a, a, a two-year deal to give him a little bit of security, but uh, you know, if if Kyle Dubas feels the need that he needs to clear some cap space. He's probably, you know, the first guy he goes to. Um, it, it, it's very obvious that he's not Sheldon Keefe's favorite player. Like exactly what you're saying. Like, here's an opportunity where not one but two of your your shutdown guys aren't available, and you don't even pick Dermot, the most experienced out of him, Sandin, and Lilligren, to get those minutes. And he's willing to play both sides. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and and he had a rough one. Like the. The Rangers were really picking on his corner. Like they 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 dump it into his side, and they just use their physicality and just forecheck the the heck out of him. Um, he had a, he had a really rough night. Now it looks like he's going to stay in, and Biega is going to come out. Biega did had a rough one too uh, on Wednesday, and and Carl Dahlstrom um, is going to get a look. Uh you know he's bounced around he's been in the with the Jets with the Blackhawks uh he was in the Golden Knights franchise but stuck in the AHL broke a foot last year that really set him back um so uh Biega had his chance and it it's they're flipping the page and bringing up Dahlstrom.
0: Is that is that simply a, a right shot over left shot kind of thing or uh, he's a left you know? he's a left he's yeah. a
4: lefty so yeah so He's I, a lefty? I, yeah. Yeah, uh, he's a bigger, bo- a bigger body though, um, and and I think it's just, hey, let's see what we like. Let's see what we have in the system. Can any of these guys do the job before we go out and and start really hammering the trade market? Which I, I think they're eventually going to do they, regardless. They, they, but... they
0: tried that with Lilligren and, and Sandine Wednesday night. They're going to try it again. <laughs>
4: <No>. <laughs> well, he's going to be down on the third pair with, with Dermot, but. Um, yeah, I, I think they're just they're just trying to see what they have, I guess, before they 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 go shopping, which well, I think they well, they have to do.
0: Dermot was dash three Wednesday night. Was he on for? Yeah, he's on for so, three, so. I believe so. Yeah. I believe so. I think you nailed it, JB. It's just it's just time to cut bait. It's just yep. time, and it's not even. This has been a, an ongoing thing over the course of history for for players sometimes it just doesn't work out anymore and he is in dire need of a change Travis Dermott
1: he can yeah, he can be a else, player he
0: just needs a fresh change and a fresh start it won't work here and I don't know this is again where you you got to be better very there careful
1: sorry to interrupt but how do you get no, better there
0: if you're the least uh, new new personnel. That's how you get better. New personnel.
4: I, I don't think is... Dermot can gain the coach's trust anymore. I, oh, I think No, he's no, no, it's
0: done. You're right. You're right, Luke. It's it's over here, and this is again where general managers make and break their careers. On on, you know, he went from a young, promising up and comer, and I think there was visions of him being as 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 good as a a four or five on the depth yeah. chart. Once mm-hmm. upon a time, you you did envision Travis Dermott becoming a, a 15, 18 minute man for you. And then you got to find, you got to know when to cut bait. Like you said, and this guy had more value a year and a half ago, two years ago. And now what, what's left? Don't fall in love with your players. That's what they say. And, this one was a slip up on Travis Dermott. He should have been better. It's not happening.
4: But I don't even know where his trade value is today. It's yeah. not high. I like yeah, <laughs> like what what do you what do you get for him? Like I would like to think that, you know, Travis Dermott can go to another organization, maybe one that's not trying to win a Stanley Cup right now uh, and be a serviceable serviceable player, get a new lease on life and and rebuild his career. But yeah, like, but do you? But but you also need defensive depth. You need guys when someone goes down. So, what are you actually going to get in a trade for Dermot?
1: Well, that that's what I'm I'm stuck on right now. Is like maybe if he's their seven, you know, they're seven going into the first round, and someone gets hurt and he comes in, plays a game or two. You don't, you're comfortable with that. But you know, a lot of that for him to become a seven, you're talking about an ad, and you're talking about Justin Hall getting it sorted out. You know, just looking at some of their numbers from last season and this season like they they haven't been as bad this year muzzin and hall as the numbers but they've been a little bit unlucky do you think it's looked that far off like is there a chance these guys could regain form and still be the solid second pair for this leafs team
4: i do and i actually i I think hall's been better since christmas he actually hasn't been bad and then he got the the setback with with going into protocol and hasn't played in a while, but I think he 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 showed pretty good in in the couple games um, b- between the the lengthy pause and him uh, testing positive. And I think he was he was starting to get some traction. But I I do think Muzzin is is the key to that pair. I I think he makes Hall better. So if he's on his game, he lifts them both up, and he's the key to this whole thing and the fact that now he has a concussion and we just don't know about the timelines with the concussion and he was already looking a, a little bit slow and a, a step behind i think that's concerning um so really i don't concerning. Think it's concerning i'm yeah, with you yeah.
0: luke uh, concussion on a guy that this year is carrying wear and tear legitimate mm-hmm. wear and tear and it it, it there, there's a there's a Cusp line there, right? Where it starts slowing down for guys and I don't know where he's at in terms of that with the injuries and some of the freaky things that have gone on with them lately, but this is this is my number one shutdown guy that has a concussion into January. We are we are flirting now with uh losing a potential number one shutdown guy uh, for who knows how long. This one makes me nervous, JB, a concussion for Muzzin.
1: Yeah, no, I I get that too, and that's – you know, again, the, the desperation. What's so funny, we're talking about these moves that they want to make. I'm curious to know how, how eager they are to do it. Like, Luke, do you think it could happen? Are they going to wait to the trade deadline and see if Muzzin gets, his, gets it sorted out and Hall comes back and Dermott? Like, how long are they going to wait to figure out if these guys can be the players they want them to be?
4: Well, it's, it's not just up to them, right? I think there's so many teams. We, like, we have two months from today or yesterday is the trade deadline. So there's still some time. And I, and I think the, the the teams that are, are going to be selling uh, don't want to do it right now. It's it, There's a sense that they want to, you know, wait a little bit and get a little bit closer to see if their team can make a run um, or see if they get more bidders in, in the mix and teams get more desperate and, and raise the value. So I think the Leafs will give it some time, but I do think it's inevitable. And I, I just think Muzzin can't be a bigger key to this whole thing. I mean... Think about the Columbus series. It ended with Muzzin hurt and on the sidelines. Think about the Montreal series. That ended with Muzzin hurt and on the sidelines, torn groin. And uh, Tyler Toffoli of the Canadians gave a great quote. Uh, I think it was on the 32 podcast um, in September and said, as soon as Muzzin went down, we knew we were winning the series. Like the Leafs don't have wow. defen- enough defensive defensemen. And that was so telling to me. And yeah, they're buddies. They want to come together in L.A. And he's he's probably giving a little bit of props to, to a guy who's their friends off the ice. But that is very telling. Like the Leafs need more tough, hard defensemen. Um, and that's with or without Jake Muzzin. But if, especially if they don't have Muzzin, I think they're in for it. Our next uh
0: conversation was going to be Campbell or Marazic, but word is coming Mm -hmm. in now that uh, Keith has said Mrazic will start tomorrow. Mm -hmm. They have to get this guy some meaningful games. Uh, The Islanders have turned it around, whether it's enough to make a a huge impact on whether or not they can challenge for a playoff spot remains to be seen. And we'll get into that a little later on in the show with Butch Goring, four-time Stanley cup winner and, uh, uh analyst for the New York Islanders but Mrazek coming in off of uh a a Campbell uh effort that was unlike uh, 30 plus games we've seen isn't that big of a surprise I'll start with you
4: Luke I think I like this call by Sheldon you know back to back games in which Jack gave up five in both of them you know he's been fantastic he's going to the all-star game in the Vesna conversation, all those great things. But you paid so much money to Mrazek, and he's played so sporadically. Let's see what you have there. Give him a little bit of run. And this is the perfect opponent. The Islanders rank 30th overall, their offense, just just scoring like 2.3 goals a game. So he's not going to get pummeled with pucks, uh, you know, like Campbell did. Against uh, St. Louis or the Rangers, I think this is the right opponent and the right time, just for Jack to just just step back a bit, reset, um, take a little break, uh, take a mental break. Uh, I, I think this is the right call.
1: What what sort of runway do you think he'll get, um, Mrazek? I mean, in terms of games to get himself playing quality hockey, like if they put him in four or five times and he's in eight ninety, eight seventy four, eight ninety, you know, over and over. At some point, they, they may just say, this isn't going to work here. How, how many opportunities do you think is fair to give uh, Peter Mrazek before they make any sort of decision on what to do with him?
4: Yeah, no, it's a good point. Um, I, I'd like to see him get into – give him a little bit of a stretch, though. Like, maybe if he, if he wins and only allows uh, one or two um, Saturday, maybe give him the, the start Wednesday. Like, I don't know. Let, let him get into a groove. No.
1: Get uh, out of here, Keffer! Keffer, you're so anti anti anything but Jack.
4: <laughs> I, I, I'm not saying he's going to take the number one spot. I'm just saying, if, like, see what
0: you if, have. If Mrazik puts a feather in his cap with a first start performance Saturday night, you got you got Anaheim back home next Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Anaheim, I think, is two seven and one the last ten. You got to okay. get Jack back in there. He would have had sufficient practice, a regroup hopefully the team has a solid effort saturday night that comes back feeling good you go back to jack on wednesday and then you want to fight over detroit on saturday uh, maybe maybe Mrazek, but i don't think i don't think that the time now to go to morazic on a, on a stretch of 3 and or 4 in a row with with jack especially off that ranger game isn't the is is the best idea. So for me, I, I go back
4: to Jack uh, regardless on Wednesday night. What about a shutout? What if Mrazek pitches a shutout? <laughs> then, then we put two feathers in his cap
0: <laughs> and uh, and go to Jack on Wednesday. Yeah, the, it's
1: you know I I understand what, what you're saying with with Campbell. Plus Kipper, he promised to be better. What more <laughs> do you need than he promised to be better?
0: Look, <laughs> well, you don't. You don't have to promise us to be good on our show. You're, you're
4: always <laughs> delivering. Yeah, uh, but you, but you know what? If I don't deliver, I'll just—it'll be all on me. It'll be my fault. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm the worst, and I'll get better.
4: We'll yeah. make sure you know that from us too. As well, <laughs> yeah. All right. Soft well, and purposeless appearance on the. We'll uh, we'll
0: let you go, Luke. But really appreciate uh, uh, the the a few minutes teeing up the the game Saturday night.
4: Okay. Enjoy the hockey, guys. You too, thanks.
0: Uh, yeah, so it's this is the back half is when Mrazik has to step up, mm-hmm. and I'm not taking that away. I'm not brushing it off, but this is geared to get Jack ready for the first round of the playoffs, is it not, JB?
1: It is, and I I, I do think that that includes. Rest, But looking at the schedule, I like what you're talking about. So the Leafs just came off a stress, stretch where it was uh, Avs, Vegas, Coyotes, Blues, Rangers, like good hockey teams. This is Islanders, Ducks, Red Wings, Devils, Devils coming up here. So there's some opportunity to, and uh, you never, it sounds like a bunch of uh, trap games, I guess, but they, they should win a few hockey games here. So, I guess you have to assess what your priority is: getting Jack feeling good and getting back to where he was, or giving Mrazic some games where you don't feel like he's going to get shelled against you know elite teams in the NHL.
0: All right, we're going to get into the playoffs, or we'll maybe save or not playoffs. Sorry, uh, the power play and Mitch, and we didn't really talk mm-hmm. about it uh, in, in light of all this soft talk uh, the last few days, but I, I liked his. It's great that he got the monkey off his back uh, with the power play goal. The first one in 101 game, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, 101, which is its like can't even begin to answer how does that ever happen. But it, it did. But I liked his power play goal. And I think if we look at that goal and even Matthew's power play goal in St. Louis – it just seems to me that there's so much more success on their power play when it's when it's really driven from the 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 bottom of 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 the hash marks
1: yeah that's interesting i i agree i don't know how you set it up that way intentionally but they do create a lot from below the goal line that situation and you know i uh, patted my back in our pre-show about talking about Martin and the power play, and he's so effective when he's coming downhill at the net. Like, that's when he, if he's going to score. It's going to be coming down for rebounds, creating on uh, pucks around the crease. And, you know, that was the case in that goal, and you're right. Another dish from behind the net the game before. So um, I, I wonder if that's something they look to do intentionally, where instead of running it out higher on the flanks, they push him down below the goal line see what they can get.
0: No, nope. no. He wasn't accused of having a muffin for a shot either uh, on that one. And, and he, to your point, he that. He's, he's stepping into it, right? Yeah. Coming you know, into the pocket, look great. You know, where they sometimes slow things down is working at high. And again, I like Morgan Riley, but mm-hmm. it's, it's not perfect back there if he's standing still a lot and, and just looking for the flanks.
1: Yeah. No, I I couldn't agree more. He drives me crazy. Like I I'm with you. Love the player great you know really effective and all that but if he did everything on the power play for like a half second quicker for me it would be so much more effective he lets the d the pk get their shape all the time he gets it he holds it everyone's able to get exactly where they want to be and then he moves it like it needs to be the puck moves faster than feet so move it faster than feet i get a little frustrated when he holds it for two seconds instead of one and a half so often
0: all right, we're uh, we're going to take a quick break here. Man, that was a quick 40 minutes out of the gate. Uh, All Leafs. Didn't even mention Doug McClain on a Friday. So if you thought I derailed this show off the top with Tory getting run over by a car, <laughs> wait till you see the car Doug McClain's driving. After the break, we've got Edmonton. We've got the soft issues here in Toronto and we got Doug McLean to talk about that more after the break you're listening to real Kipper and born show number 74 we're back also later on in the show Sammy we're going to take some questions on this Friday from uh, all your amazing followers we got uh we got some, uh, we're got we going to answer some tweets, I think, some text messages. Sammy, throw me a bone here, would you? <laughs> What's up? <I> don't think- <laughs> yeah, he's
1: just tuning in, yes. We, uh, we are going to do that. Uh, text 590-590,
2: and we will answer your questions humans out there Sammy sorry boys I couldn't get connected there can you go there. to
0: the bathroom usually trying like... to get
2: connected and then my nightmare scenario of Kipper talking to me as I was <laughs> able to get reconnected was just not what I wanted to hear sorry boys I...
0: also <laughs> also wherever you pick up this fine podcast uh, rating and reviews okay send us uh, send us a note telling us how much you love Sammy except when he goes to the bathroom during commercial breaks
2: it was I wasn't even going anywhere. I was just sitting here. Oh, were you? Sam's okay. just eating a I was cro- uh, Sitting uh, here, a, a hoagie.
0: Okay, <laughs> just, just eating if, a sandwich. If, if we don't get to our next guest, he's hanging up. I, I can guarantee you that he hates when we carry on without him, and he's and he's listening here. So, I let me open up by asking you this, Doug McLean. Uh, have you ever been accused of being too soft <laughs> on? In yoga class or on on the pickleball court.
3: Well, you know what? Today I'm not soft because I just surpassed twelve thousand steps today on my watch. So <laughs> I've had a good, I've had a busy day. I got my twelve thousand steps in. I've, you know, I've I've gone pretty hard. No, I haven't been accused. But the last guy that I can recall who said something similar to that. Would have been Orville Tessier with the Chicago Blackhawks back in like the eight late '80s or something, you know, or mid '80s, where he called the Blackhawks uh, soft and they fired him probably two weeks later. I wouldn't be saying it. I, I wouldn't be rushing out to say my team was soft. If uh, sometimes I've thought it, other people have thought my teams were soft, but I never really wanted to flaunt that uh, too much, especially when. Matthews comes back and says, I don't
0: think we're soft. I just think we played a good team. Anyway. I would imagine, though, for you as a coach or a general manager, after every game you you are discussing who's soft or who didn't play hard or who you feel like may not show up when it matters most, but like, how surprised were you to hear those words uttered out of an NHL coach on his own team? Well,
3: like, you, you're right. You discuss it. You, you know, you, you just, I remember one time a, a reporter in Columbus wrote that a pro scout in the press box said our team was soft. And, and I, so then I, of course, get the list of what, who, what pro scouts were in our box the night before. And it was only like two or three of them, so I knew exactly who said it. And I'm thinking, you can't get a bigger insult than to hear that as a general manager about your team. But really, you know, I don't get where you're coming from with that because that has been discussed in Toronto for a number of years by the media. And the last thing you want to do is, number one, the players really hate it. Number two, management should hate it. I don't know if Kyle does, but I guarantee you Brendan Shanahan wouldn't be very happy about it. It's just not the right Word to use when you're talking about your team, look, you can say all kinds of things, but don't say they're soft. Yeah, we I can say fair. it, but don't them do. don't the coach shouldn't say it, yeah.
1: No, I, and I think today they, he came out and clarified his comments. I think someone in the PR side probably, or, or maybe a GM's office or president's office, said, hey, uh, go out there and clarify that for us, will you? So uh, I think that did come back to him today a
3: little bit. Look, it's been a bad week. It's it's soft. It's pissy. It's just a bad week talking to media. And, I, and the media got all upset that because dry wasn't really nice and and i'm thinking get your big boy pants on media i mean the guy hasn't (laughs) won a game in two the guy hasn't won a game in two months do you expect him to be really nice at the podium like come on the guy hasn't won like jimmy knows better than that why well, get into the confrontation, and then everybody's got Jim Matheson's back, and I'm thinking, are you kidding me? <laughs> get your big boy pants on. Seriously, what is going
1: on? Well, and there's a part of me that wonders if the Oilers organization didn't like that from Leon, like, in a positive way. Like, yeah, like, I'm glad he's happy. If he, I don't know if you saw the Brandon Perlini answer he gave, but Perlini said, well, it's okay, and maybe it's a positive thing, because when we win again, it's going to be really great to win again. Like, I don't know, if I'm the GM,
3: I almost rather hear my player get upset, no? Like, yeah, like, seriously, like, you ask any player who's gone through it, like, Nick, you've been there. You go through a 10, 15 game winning streak when you're a star and you're supposed to be good. And the media, you know, you're not going to be your jovial self. But I've never heard a media guy say, Why are you acting like that with me? Oh, my God. I mean, seriously, where are we going? Anyway, Mac, I, I was, you pr- know, you know the, come on.
0: The other thing, too, is isn't this where your PR department has to be strong? And at least, you know, whether you're a coach uh, or uh, going to the podium or a player where you just take maybe five minutes and discuss. These are some of the questions you might want to get into or, you know, even the hypothetical they threw at Connor McDavid a few years, uh, a few days ago on Evander Kane. It's like, yeah, you should have had that guy on the straight and narrow on on what where you wanted to go with that. You knew it was coming how do you allow him to throw any answer he wants, including how it may affect the fans or the media, right. and, and and saying, you know, that's not important to me? Where, you know where what, is the I, PR it, departments here in, in, in making sure that you have a, a real strong uh, gauge of the temperature?
3: I wish I would have talked to you a couple of days ago because... My former PR guy in Columbus called me about going into the Rick Nash uh, celebration, you know, and, and making an arrangements. And I wish I would have listened to him a little bit when he used to say to me after games, "Now, Doug, keep your cool. Don't go crazy with the media. They're pissed off at you right now." Be and, and I, of course, I didn't listen to him. You know, so <laughs> you're right. You're right. You, you, you know, you've got to be briefed. You've got to be briefed. But I'm sorry. Look, uh, you know, I, I just thought it was bizarre the way that came down. And, yeah, he could have been briefed. And, you know, you know it's tough because it's, it's Zoom and it's, uh, you know, you're not face-to-face and all. Everybody's coming up with all kinds of excuses. But I know one thing. The players that watch that would be saying, good job, Sidle, Good job because we've been there when we've been under the gun like you wouldn't believe and i know the media have a tough time players don't want to give them this stuff but look it's 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 just a job and on both sides
0: so if you know if if Kyle finds a way to kind of calm the waters down for a little bit do do we all still assume that uh, besides maybe uh, a defenseman or two they they still have to find a way to be be grittier, you know, Mac. I go back even a, a year and a half ago, prior to uh, the launch of Real Kipper and Born. We were together on a Real Kipper at Noon uh, show, and we threw out Sam Bennett and and you and, and telling people that they'd have to give up a Nick Robertson, and we got hammered, absolutely I'm hammered goodbye. on the internet <laughs> that Nick Damn Robertson us. was untouchable, and you would never ever do that. And I'm thinking, "Hey Sammy, AJB, would would you throw in Nick Robertson in a deal today to to bring Sam Bennett to the Toronto Maple Leafs?"
3: Yeah, oh, just a minute. I have to clarify something there. I didn't say it. I did cuz nobody criticized me. You said it and you took all the heat and I just <laughs> in in the background. But you know what? It was it was scary the the abuse you took over that Bennett acquisition was over the top and and but the Bennett thing shocks me he's gone to Florida and from day 1 in Florida he's excelled i mean i know he's with Hubert i know he's got a chance with parca i know who you know different opportunities but this is exactly the type of player that every team wants in the regular season and especially in the playoffs and, you know, it's great for Bennett. You know, he goes to Calgary. They give him an unbelievable standing ovation. The fans appreciated him. He was a guy that would fight. He would battle. He would hit. He was chippy. This is a third or fourth overall pick that had to change his game to play in the NHL. And credit to him. And I'll tell you what. He is one real important player for the best team in the NHL. A team that is playing the best of anybody in the NHL right now. And that's the Florida Panthers. Yeah, Did I just say goals that in
1: 31 games I know it's crazy. <laughs>
3: no, seriously.
1: seriously. Yeah. Anyway.
3: Um Nick, you got to learn, you got to learn to be able to take a little criticism, Gabrioso. Like don't be soft. Like don't be pissy about it, you know? I'm sensitive. <laughs> I'm so glad I can hide
1: behind Nick. Nick's a brick wall. He can take the blows. I'm just hiding. <laughs> um tonight the uh, Toronto Maple or tomorrow night the Toronto Maple Leafs are uh throwing Carl Dahlstrom into the mix they had Alex Biega in the other night earlier in the season we saw Christians Rubens like something they're just kind of out of answers it was there ever a time in your career where you're putting a guy in and you go I I know this guy's not our guy I know he's not an NHLer but like you're just kind of out of options someone's got to play
3: Yeah, like I'm telling you, we were we. I remember in in Columbus, we lost Luke Richardson went down with a long term injury. Spachek went down with a long term injury. Scotty Lachance went down with a long term injury. And I, you know, I was bringing up guys from Syracuse. It was frightening. It really was frightening. (laughs) I mean, guys that that you were putting in there. That hey, they were excited to get an opportunity, but they just weren't you know ready to play in the NHL and. And they were veterans that weren't good enough to play in the NHL. It's really tough. But I'm telling you, like I watched the game the other night. We, we talked about the way they played last year in the playoffs. They went into that game without Muzzin and Hall against the Rangers. Riley gets rocked. Morgan Riley gets rocked by Truba. Clean hit. Great. Nobody even looked at Truba. Nobody even said boo to Truba. Nobody even touched him. And I'm thinking, guys, this is your best defenseman. I know we don't like that in the game when it's clean hits, but at least you've got to send a little bit of a message when you're playing a contending team in the Metropolitan. I mean, seriously. And you know what? They, they're not deep enough in the back end, and their number one guy gets run over by Truba like a freight train. And uh, we, we said it on this show, guys, two or three months ago. They're, they're a couple defensemen short on the back end, and this is going to be a big, big deadline. For the Leafs
0: you like Mrazic Saturday night playing
3: I don't like Morassic, period <laughs>
0: all right <laughs> uh,
3: why? I, liked, I liked him when he had that run in Carolina where he stood in his head but I just you don't I, think he's I'm very good? good I'm just not a Morassic fan I mean look Jack's been really good and I know you got to spell it off and I know he's got to play and Maybe he'll look. He's a veteran guy. He's a good backup, I guess. But I've just never been a big fan. He's better than, but 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 he's better than maybe better than the guys in Edmonton. You know, maybe seriously. Who is so?
0: Let me ask you something. Okay, let's perfect segue. What the hell is Ken Holland gonna do, Mac? You've got forty plus games to go. We can all sit there and say, this roster is not good enough. But how does Ken Holland now either go to Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl and say, "Uh, there's not much I can do to help you. Or go to his owner and say, I don't think this is the year it's going to happen.
3: You know, it's funny. I was thinking this the other night. I was watching Arizona play, and they don't even want to win games. Okay. They don't want to win games in Arizona. I know that. But they had a kid playing goal the other night who was a draft pick, Kirill, funny last check kid. And I watched him, and I'm thinking, this kid is a he's six foot four goaltender, good looking young goaltender. And I'm thinking, wow. Well, Isn't is, is that driver. not the guy that Organized shut the leafs one. down? Vets right. Malca, yeah. right. It, exactly. And I'm thinking, if you're Kenny, is there any possible way you could put together this young goaltender at 24 years of age, six foot four, whatever he is, and Chickrin, and then you're then you're ma- forget about forget about Vander Kane, but make a real deal that can maybe help you down the road. But I mean, they need they need help on the back end. They need help in their bottom six. They need a goaltender. Kenny's got to do something. And you I mean, wanna... tip He doesn't want to fire Tippett. I guarantee he doesn't want to fire Tippett, but he's going to have no choice because it's starting to come to his, it's starting to come at him right now. People, somebody mentioned to me, well, you know, McDavid is, you know, he doesn't want a Babcock. I mean, you know, come on. He's not going to want Kenny soon. If he's not, Kenny's not careful.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Fair enough. So, you know, I keep hearing from a guy like Elliot, like, Oh, they have to make playoffs. They have, you know, there's missing the playoffs is not a choice. Is the implication that Connor or Leon could want out of there if they're not making playoffs? That there seems to be some vague, huge implication.
3: Well, I, I've never heard about Drysital, but I mean, it's been the Connor thing leaked out a couple of years ago. I don't know if there was any truth to it. Probably not. I mean, I look, we've heard the same thing about Ovechkin when he couldn't win, Mew couldn't win early on, and all. And, uh, you know what? These guys. I still really believe that Connor's going to find a way to win a cup there eventually. He's that good. But I mean, he's had seven unbelievably frustrating years. I the most I've seen him excited this year when he was doing that house showing of the new house him and his girlfriend built that he was he was showing. That's the most I've seen him excited.
0: That's with the heated driveway, is it not?
3: Well, you got to have a heated driveway. Everybody's got to, except uh, down here. I don't need one.
0: It's to answer your question, JB. If you if you're Ken Holland right now and uh, and you don't have anything up your sleeve to help him for 43 more games, I think you do run the risk of him saying, "I'm in the prime of my career." If you're not interested in winning now, then you know maybe we we move on. I I would think that's more of a possibility than it's ever been in the past that's
2: Uh, you know yeah i I think
0: he wants to win now he's waited a long time
3: this was a big move when ken holland came to edmonton this was a big move and and you knew that mcdavid was very excited about the fact that a a, a stanley cup winning gm was coming to edmonton all of a sudden they have a great first start and everything is great but like this is a disaster and you know what I don't know how Kenny, who's been around forever and has done a great job in a lot of places, misjudged the goaltending like he has. I'm sorry, but it lays at his at his feet right now. I mean, so he's got to fix that, and I don't know if it's possible. I look at the names out there; it doesn't look very pretty as to who you can bring in. You're going to bring in Corpusallo. You're going to bring in, you know, there's a handful of guys out there. I'm thinking, whoa, you know, what is that going to be enough to get them in the playoffs? But they're falling out of it right now, badly and to would some you teams move, are playing a lot better.
0: Their prize possession on that blue line is Bouchard. That's who I you'd have to give up for Arizona to go get that uh, the goaltender and maybe Chikrin.
3: Would you do it? Yeah, that's well, if it, if you're bringing Chikrin back, you got to consider it. I mean, I you like Bouchard. I know that. He's a you, you hate to give that guy up. You just hate to give that guy up. I would try a lot of other things before I go there. A lot yeah, of that, other things options before going to a yeah, the
1: but you're right contract's like, so nice too,
3: yeah, exactly, exactly, so but it's an ugly time there Bob Nicholson, I mean is he still with them, Bob mm-hmm. <laughs> I think he's <laughs> I think quietly he's in a corner,
0: very quiet <laughs> and, and 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 I, know, and, and I would I know, be too
3: I know John Shannon left doing the broadcast, but I didn't think Bob went with him, did he.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think they so, can use both of those guys. I probably, I agree. I agree. Doug, I agree. how much harder is it
1: to trade a guy when other GMs know you want to trade him? Like, everyone knows that Chickering's available, or or players that have asked for trades. Is it really put any extra stress or uh, difficulty in making a guy making a deal?
3: I, I don't think it does. I think you know he, his name's out there a lot, and you've got to. It doesn't matter. You know, if everybody knows he's available, you don't have to move him, probably. And you're going to wait for the best deal. There's going to be teams. I think there's going to be teams really desperate for Chiplin at the deadline. I mean, Florida, I still really believe that Florida has got to be in the mix strong. I mean, I like their top four, but they certainly could use an upgrade if they think they're going to be a Stanley Cup contender. They're great at home. They struggle a little bit on the road, although seven to six nothing, you know it. But I still think that they will be in the mix on that. So I you know I I know Boston really want them bad. I know there's a handful of teams desperate. I mean, there's a ton of teams that want them. So I don't think it's a lot of pressure. They're just looking for assets. They're looking for picks and young prospects. I don't think it's that complicated. Uh,
0: Bobrovsky looked awfully good. you trust him a little bit more uh, today than you did prior to that first period last night?
3: You know, it's interesting. I talked to some people that, that have played with Bobrovsky recently, and they really like this guy. It got ugly in Columbus at the end because he wanted out and wouldn't sign and announced it early and Tortorella and him. But I, the guys I've talked to that have played with him really respect this guy. One of the hardest-working uh, goaltenders in hockey, um, a, a quality guy. I mean, I, I was shocked at what I was hearing this week about, about goalie Bob. So, you know what he, he's, he is he not ready to win some games in the playoffs? I mean, uh, here's the difference. This guy didn't have success in the playoffs because the teams he was with had a hard time scoring goals. This team does not have trouble scoring goals. I think that could be a difference maker for Bob. I really do.
0: I thought you'd be harder on Bob still. Maybe you're just getting soft in your old age.
3: Well, I, purpose. you know what, I, there, there, I am, I am getting soft. There's no doubt about that. But I, you know, it's, I still have a little bite here and there.
0: You know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Hey, I'm listen. going
3: up to Orlando. Going up to Orlando next weekend, playing a couple of great courses up there. And I'll send you pictures. I know it'll really tick you off. So I'll make just sure. You to Disney World by there. yourself? No, we're just going up there. We're actually there's a. It's called a dinner in a field, you know, where there's like Ooh. my wife goes to these things, and then they're, we're going to play golf man, a buddy, so he's setting up the courses. So I just, you know, I just thought I'd, I'd pull a kipper, you know, play one of those high level courses for a change and, instead of the municipal ones I usually play. And
0: when is the the Rick uh, Nash night? Oh. Uh, you know, oh, but, what, by the way, what are you doing?
3: The guy. The young fellow's coming to pick up the, the cushions off my chair here. So I'm going to have to leave shortly. Um, I going to be a few minutes. Sorry. Uh, what was that? Rick
0: Nash. What night is it? Uh, oh, you're yeah. going to be a part of, oh, uh, yeah. are they, are they retiring his Jersey? What's going
3: on? They're retiring his Jersey. on I believe it's, it's Saturday night. Is it the fifth or sixth against Boston in Columbus? And I talked to JD last week, a couple of times and I'm, Kind of very excited, you know, to go up and honour Rick. I really am. So Jill and I are going to go up. And Clark and Mackenzie are going to meet us in Columbus because they sort of they grew up in Columbus and finished high school in Columbus. So we're going to spend a couple of days with the family there and enjoy the Rick Nash celebration.
0: Well, I'm sure there's still a lot of Columbus fans, Mac, that uh, wish you were um, in the jersey when they when they raise it to the rafters.
3: I, I think that there will be... I, I know Rick is going to get an amazing ovation. I'm afraid of what I might get. <laughs> 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 Actually, I don't care. Actually, I don't care. <laughs>
0: Bring a fake mustache just in case.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I know the only guy who will be cheering for me is Jeff Rimmer. And, of course, he doesn't even admit he knows me.
0: Oh my gosh! There's the softest of them all, right there. There is
3: a that that is the man with a body like a bag of milk.
0: <laughs> Doug McLean, everybody, former nhl president, GM, and softy. Thanks for doing take, this, Mac. Take care, man. Thanks, Doug. Take care. Hey, hey um, JB. D- you're, dinner in a field, Kipper. Oh no! I'm, I'm dying. I'm dying. Uh, Oilers, How bad are they analytically (laughs) right now? (laughs) It's not good,
1: buddy. It's not good. The underlying numbers are not good. Uh, They are getting the results they deserve to get more or less. Like, you do expect them to win more than, uh, you know, never. They're winning never, and they're not that bad. But the numbers aren't pretty in terms of if if they played like this all season, they would not be a playoff team. No doubt about that.
0: All right, we're going to go to a break. Uh, after the break, Butch Goring to help us uh, tee up the New York Islanders. And do they really still think that they're in this? That's the question come Saturday night. And also, uh, text messages, right? Questions, you got questions, send them to us. What's the number, JB? 5454? 590,
1: 590. 590. We're the fan 590. It's just 590 twice. Five ninety five ninety. <laughs>
0: Why would I say five four five four? <laughs> like, it's not even the right amount of numbers.
2: <laughs> That's the score of the Leafs game tomorrow night when uh, Peter Mrazek lets in five. Oh!
0: I'd never daggers. let anyone host who ended his career on a concussion. <laughs> All right, we stick around, everybody. It. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, real Kipper and Bourne.